Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett and I'm joined today with Jeff Long. How are you doing, Jeff? Doing great. Doing great. It's good to have you on the show. On this episode, we're going to be talking about creative uses for online courses. And then we're going to get into some of Jeff's uh, key wisdom around video, which he has a lot of experience with and, and pull out some gems for you out there. But first, Jeff, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where, where do you come from? What do you do? I know I first came across you on the Online Course Coach podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts that I recommend to anybody who is passionate about online courses and being an education entrepreneur and looking for good resources for uh, a wide variety of um, you know information and, and tips and, and some great interviews. Your guests are incredible. Hmm. So check out Jeff there, but tell us a little bit more about you. Who are you and what do you do? Yeah, well, thanks again for having me on the, the show. It's an, an honor. I've been listening to you guys for a while too. So it's uh, kind of this reciprocal thing. So uh, I started in 2003 uh, uh, with a video production company and had two business partners at the time. And we quickly found out, you know, we'd make these great videos, but our clients' websites were terrible, outdated, built in flash, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so they would ask us to build a website to pretty much house the video. Uh, this was before even YouTube was popular and things like that. So we quickly kind of had this uh, one-two punch of videos and website development. Well, my parents are both teachers, lifelong educators, they're now college professors. And so I have that, um, that teacher bug in me, I guess you could say, that I, I always love to teach. Uh, in fact, fresh out of college, I did corporate training with Lowe's Home Improvement. So anytime a new Lowe's store opened across the country, I flew there, uh, trained everybody from the store manager to the store janitor, and had a lot of fun. It was a blast. I even got to go to Hawaii and Alaska and Canada and everywhere here in the U.S. Uh, so those things combined, you know, the video, the web development, the teaching background and corporate training all came together at a head many years ago, I don't have an exact point or date. And it, it just made sense when clients kept coming to me and saying, oh, you do video on the web. I have this uh, training I would like to videotape and then put online and deliver. And, you know, it just kind of morphed into one of our uh, niches that we specialize in and offer. So whether that's corporate e-learning and training or more entrepreneurial based, uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun, you know, working with some different clients. And we'll talk about some of those projects and some uh, innovative ways or interesting ways to create online courses that maybe people hadn't thought of. Uh, so that's a little bit about me. And like you said, I have the online course coach podcast, which I get to interview amazing people and uh, just have a lot of fun just asking them questions, shooting the breeze, kind of like we're doing here today. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, that's a lot of great experience. Um, and it's interesting how things overlap, you know, with the, the teaching background, the video. I started out actually as a, just a, an amateur guy who really fell in love with digital video. I was that guy. Uh, I'm very much come from a wilderness background. So I used to be like ice climbing on mountains on a mountaineering expedition, climbing a big wall, carrying my, my little digital camera. Nice. And, uh, that was, but that it was that passion for video that really is what brought me into the web. And when I saw YouTube come on the scene, I was like, I, after I became more entrepreneurial, I definitely saw the opportunity and what was happening with video. There's just this voracious appetite for video as a communication tool. And, yeah. Uh, well, and it helps so much with, um, with SEO, with your marketing. Um, I know Forrester 
research did a, a survey or a study and found that a website with video on it is 53 times more likely to be on the first page of Google than a website that doesn't have video, you know, a text and um, image only website. Uh, and then on the online court, let's see if I can find that stat real quick. I think it was um, on the online course side, a course that has video content. It was, um, I'm not going to be able to pull it up on the top of my mind. It was like 82% more effective when students took the course and it was video based. Um, so immediately when they, when they took it, it wasn't, it, they didn't remember it a whole lot more than a text based course. However, over time they remembered it 82% longer, excuse me, 82% better than the other students that didn't have a video based course. And so just the idea or just the fact that the, the information kind of seeps in, sinks in when they can hear it and see it and, and kind of experience it through video. So uh, I could talk about the benefits of video forever, but uh, I know we have other things we're, we'll talk about before that. That's awesome. And yeah, just another SEO tip I want to throw out there for people. For example, with this podcast that we're recording right now, I have transcripts that are done from these episodes, which are full of keywords or whatever. And no matter what your um, industry is or your niche or your online course platform, if you have a blog and you're doing videos, getting transcripts is a great way to you know, build up just some real natural SEO as long as you're talking in the words that people in your industry use. And uh, it, it can be a lot easier to do it that way than trying to write a 4,000 word post. <laughs> so... Uh, it's a, definitely a, one of my SEO tips for people looking to get found because we talk to a lot of people here who are uh, at the beginning, not always, but a lot of people at the beginning, like, how do I start? How do I get found? And video is just such a, a powerful way to get found. Um, but let's, let's get into uh, some creative uses for online courses outside of internet marketing. Um, there's a lot of people in, in the online course space who, who get interested in things like passive income or making money online. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but there's a lot of other ways to use online courses or to blend them into something else that's already going on. Uh, and, and I know you have a bunch of experience working with a lot of different clients and interviewing and so on. Like how else are people using online courses outside of the internet marketing space? Yeah. So let's start at the entrepreneur level. So my company works with larger companies that have, you know, HR departments or marketing departments, et cetera. So we'll talk about some of those here in a second. Um, but one thing that I uh, think is a huge opportunity is with speakers. So public speakers, motivational speakers, and you guys had a really good podcast on that a while back uh, on, you know, speakers and online courses. I just think that, uh, and I've worked with quite a few speakers, there's such opportunity because they're they already have that content. You know, they're, they're talking from the stage. They perhaps have a book that they're selling or a video for back of the room sales. You know, if they can just package that together in a course, it's a no brainer, you know? So, um, so it's a, a revenue stream and it's something they can sell both on their website as well as back of the room sales. So whenever I talk to speakers, a lot of times they have thought about that. Um, but they don't know that, I guess they already, they, they usually have the content already in the can in some capacity, whether that, like I said, that's a book or a DVD series, you know, it's just creating that extra course material, whether it's quizzes or, or essays or whatever that might be, um, or even providing a, a private Facebook group. So there's more interaction. 
Uh, so I think, uh, excuse me, speakers are a, a tremendous opportunity for online courses. What are your thoughts with speakers? I 100% agree. That's actually where I kind of got my start in online courses. Um, as an entrepreneur, you don't necessarily have to be the expert. Um, you can also be the publisher. So for me, as a guy who kind of understood the web, understood video, understood uh, internet entrepreneurship or whatever, I see opportunity all around me. So I did a project with my wife where we found some of the best speakers in the world on topics in organic gardening and permaculture, which happens to be a niche that we're interested in and is actually, it's popular in different parts of the world. But we just went, we, it was a very easy sell. We would go, we would find these speakers. We would go to where they were already speaking and just ask them the question of like, we will help format this into an online course. And instead of reaching this room of 20 or, or, or 200 or a thousand, let's make this available worldwide. Uh, and it was just an easy sell. We did it. And that, that project continues to add value uh, over and over again. Everybody's happy. Uh, yeah. But it's just about um, capturing that, that, that medium, that speaking or the, the book or, or whatever it is, and just bringing it into the online course space as a publisher. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why I love working with speakers. It's funny. Um, probably in the late 90s and early 2000s, I worked with a couple of speakers putting their cassette tapes onto CD. Okay. Yeah. So on CD, physical CDs. And then a few years later, we migrated all the MP3 and, and put it online to sell. And, and, and like you said, finding those industry experts and, and partnering with them, whether it's a joint venture or, or straight up normal project where they pay you for the project. To me, as an entrepreneur, I love opportunities where there's a win-win. You know, and so I think speakers are like I, we keep saying. You know, there's huge opportunities to help them succeed, and uh, by doing so, you can also succeed as well. Like we've both done. Yeah, and especially if they're they're not really online in any kind of major way, they're like they're just waiting to be. Uh, there's an opportunity there, waiting to just scale it out, and and you know that's that's still early days in a lot of industry and niches. I mean, there's there's a lot of um, topics out there that people speak on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was at a speakers conference last um, last year in Dallas, and you know, one guy was a he spoke about mountain climbing because he had climbed Everest, and other people were more you know family and relationship speaking and et cetera, et cetera. So there's so many uh, available topics. You know, it's amazing. I think the one challenge with many speakers is um, even though they do it full time, they're not you know kind of the, the top tier. You know, so it is like what you did is find the top tier speakers and pursue them versus some speakers that are struggling or, or not as um, prolific as maybe some others are. Yeah. And just to, to piggyback on that idea, when we started doing that, our video production quality was quite low, just a, you know, $500 or maybe less camera. Uh -huh. um, in a dark room with poor lighting and a lapel mic that had a little feedback. But because the uh, speaker, and this one I'm thinking about in particular, is known as the number one in the world best-selling author on the topic of permaculture, it didn't matter because the content yeah. <laughs> was there and that was good. And over time, I got more involved as an entrepreneur. I started bringing in professional film crews and, and all this kind of thing. And that... Um, I was able to grow from there. But when you're at the top, uh, while video production quality is important, I, could, I was able to get away with it and still survive and realize 
oh, I, but I still need to improve just because they were so good. They were the, the top of that niche. And those people yeah. are more approachable than you realize. Yeah, no, that's, and that's true. And that's what, you know, even though my background is in video production and we do, you know, high level, you know, high end um, video shoots and, and projects, uh, as far as online courses, you're right. It's the content that's, that's key. So whether you're using your smartphone or a web camera or DSLR or whatever, you know, it, it's more about the content. And there is a time and a place to increase the quality uh, of your course, you know, look and feel through video. But um, I'm definitely not one of these people that says you have to spend a bunch of money, uh, you know, to create your online course videos. You know, I always try to start simple as, uh, unless you have a huge audience that expects a certain level of quality. But um, uh, even then, you can sometimes get away with, uh, you know, uh, cheaper tools. Totally, totally. Well, what's the, what are some other uh, places or creative ways of using online courses that you've come across? Yeah, so we have a, a fair amount of uh, clients that are in the manufacturing space. And what I love, I consider myself almost like a creative or a digital problem solver that happens to use the tools of video, e-learning, uh, website development. So whenever I talk with a manufacturing company, I, I kind of ask some questions. And one of the questions is, well, explain how you're doing internal training, new hire training, HR, OSHA, all those things that many of them are required to do. And I'm always surprised um, how, how few manufacturing companies do not do any type of uh, online courses, e-learning, video training, et cetera. So one, one example, for instance, was a, cor was a, a company and they do, uh, I think it was stud welding uh, or arc welding or both. Uh, so they have this little box. It, almost, it looks almost like a, a briefcase. And that's where you would, um, that's where it generates power and helps do the, the arc welding and, and some other things. I don't want to get too technical because I'll be out of my league here quick. And uh, so they, they were having a problem where their sales team would go out and they would kind of say one message. And then the customer service folks would get a call and they might say something a little different. And then the people that were actually building it, you know, in the back of the facility, they would know something else. So we created this eight part video training on really from setup to usage, to safety, to everything that the client could use. And so of course we put it on their website, uh, their sales team was able to, you know, put it on iPads and and go across the country and, and just everybody was on the same page because uh, it was it was well documented in this video course but here's the funny thing that happened or the thing I didn't anticipate is and I've been doing this since 2003 video um, especially video courses and good video courses quickly elevates you to an expert level even you know this company I worked with they were an expert in their field I would imagine once they had this video series, um, trade publications and different uh, trade shows and other people in their industry were calling them asking about how the video was made or can we use some screenshots for our brochure or, you know, just things that quickly propelled my client to a, a different level just because of these videos. And then lastly, I got a call from him. He was at a big trade show in uh, in Dallas. He said, hey, we just won our biggest contract of the year. But, you know, congratulated him, of course. And he said, one of the key factors was they had this video video course, you know, for our product. And my client's new customer looked at that as um, an innovation and they were cutting edge and they were making it happen. 
And so the, the customer was telling my client, hey, if you guys are that cutting edge, we know that you can serve us for years to come. So there's all these like ripple effects that, to be honest, I didn't think about. I didn't market and I didn't promote what I was, you know, doing the sales pitch to my client. It was just fascinating how that video series, uh, you know, propelled them, you know, higher um, in, in different people's eyes. That's awesome. And it's not, what you're touching on there is not linear in nature. Just because, you know, it didn't just make something marginally better. It actually made a lot of things mm -hmm. a lot better, um, which is interesting. And that's the power of the internet and the, the true power of scale. But I'm yeah. curious, when you first did that project, was it meant initially just to be for internal training and the public wasn't going to see it? Or was it kind of for everybody? It was for everybody. Um, you know, we had considered some extra modules or whatever just for internal use. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it's really helped their SEO. You know, we talked about SEO earlier. And so we, we uh, got the transcriptions and we, we did our keywords and, and tagging it appropriately. So it's really helped them with SEO and, and searchability. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's, I mean, we had the same experience at Lifter LMS, which is a digital product for creating and selling online courses. But we have a demo course that if we hire somebody new on support, they go through it. Uh, a lot of what we do is custom development built on top of Lifter LMS. And if there's a developer coming in to work on those kinds of projects, they take that course. It's our number one marketing asset. Most of our conversions happen after somebody, you know, they were on the demo and then they decide to buy. And it's, you know, those videos are on YouTube and going all over the place. I mean, it just keeps going on and on and on. It's, it's, really, uh, it's really amazing what if you're a product company or a service company, what, how valuable it is to slow down, take a second and curate all that knowledge uh, as opposed to just doing it one off. Because think about how efficient it is for every time somebody needs to learn about a product for one person to stop and show this one-on-one -on -one relationship and then that moment in time is gone forever. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that. I, was, uh, I spoke at WordCamp Columbus this year and, uh, you know, obviously most of the, the audience are web developers, designers, and, and kind of people in that industry. And we got off on a topic about similar to what you just said, that you know, if you find yourself doing the same onboarding, training, whatever, with your clients or with your employees or freelancers, like create a course. And it doesn't have to be this big, blown out, huge mega course. It could be a, a three-lesson module or a three-lesson course, you know, a mini course. And that just saves so much time. I mean, it could be as simple as, you know, here are the 10 things you need to do to log into your WordPress website and add a blog post, you know, yeah. uh, go to this page and then log in and then add your title, then your keywords and then your tag, you know, so it, it doesn't have to be complex. And, um, and I, th I think there's a, a weightiness or a value to courses where, you know, back in the day, it used to be, hey, sign up for our newsletter and people would just sign up in masses and then that fell off. And then, hey, sign up and you get this free report and that kind of has fallen off. And then, you know, get this audio or whatever. And the, the course is a perfect um, list generator, list builder. So, um, yeah, I've, I've seen that countless times, just like what you're saying with your uh, courses and, and whatnot, that it just helps on so many levels. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what's, a, what's another one? What's another creative use for online courses? Yeah, so um, we talked about speakers earlier. I worked with um, Carrie Wilkerson of the Barefoot Executive. Uh, she wrote a, a New York Times bestselling book, and then she is a speaker as well. And so uh, we did a whole big, long day video shoot 
um, where she flew in and we, I mean, we had, you know, makeup people and, and multiple cameras and big crew and all that. But part of that was we, we did some different videos, some were more highly produced. And then the, the course videos were a little scaled down. She used it to just build her email list, just like we talked about a minute ago. And so she had a seven day business blitz where she would give different tips and strategies to help you in your business for seven days. And she emailed me uh, about a month after it launched and she said she had about a thousand new subscribers added to her list because of that. And while she kind of is in that speaker space and, and somewhat internet marketing space, she's so authentic, she's so good. And, and she was using this mini course as a, a list builder, but man, it was, I mean, it packed a powerful punch. So, you know, to the audience, and you know this, Chris, like if you're thinking of a, free course don't make it like crappy right. <laughs> you know make it awesome yeah because uh, that's that's the first exposure to you that the, your uh, your customers will have yeah that's that's really good stuff yeah do you recommend uh i just i'm just curious on a on that free mini course at the beginning or something do you recommend that coming out or what have you, what have you, your experience and what have you seen in terms of having that be just videos that come out through email or actually putting those inside of a learning management system? Do you have any way of? That's a great question. I don't know. Yeah. I, I haven't done any split test, you know, so I, I can't say definitively back to back how that would convert. Um, I think it depends on your audience and topic. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that would be a fun test to see, you know, if you send out, emails with video in it and they click uh, to a page or if they have to log in. Um, I don't have an answer for that. I'm just curious. I'm always wondering about that. I do agree that, and I've seen, I've just seen it so much that the free email mini course is the way to go. And another one yeah. I, I'm seeing a lot lately, and maybe we could uh, chat about it a little bit, is this whole concept of people doing a virtual summit. Uh -huh. where it's it's live. There's all these experts come in. They talk about a specific topic. It may or may not be curated into a, a path to follow. It might just be a bunch of people weighing in on their perspective on a topic. But then after, and then it's free. That 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 may be free, an, an online virtual summit. And then after that summit is over, then it gets kind of curated into a, cor a course or a membership. Um, are you seeing it like, are you seeing that going on or what, what's your take on that trend? Yeah, I think, I think it is a good, um, a good strategy. Um, I've, I've been on a, a one recently and um, it was a lot of fun. Um, I think, I don't know, personally, I don't know if people are going to get fatigued of that. You know, I think it's been going on for maybe a year or two. I don't know when that tipping point will be when it's like, okay, I get invited to a, a summit every week or every month. I just don't have the time or, you know, so I think there's value and, and with everything, the more niche down or, or obscure your topic is, the more you can do a summit and, and it's new in your industry. Right. So manufacturers or, you know, some of the, the clients that you've worked with Chris uh, could really benefit from that. But if it's kind of the typical, like, Hey, how to make money online or how, you know, right. like that's, I think we're all kind of tired of that. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> well, let's let's get into some video tips. You're here. You're you're a video guy, and uh, <laughs> we get hit all the time with you know video questions. But what? And you have you you have an upcoming uh, course on on effective video. Can you tell us a little bit about that, and then start giving us some tips? Yeah, I do. So um, I've got to look at my calendar here. So starting uh, 
uh, November 26th through November, excuse me, October 26th through November 11th, I have a a three-part video series all about how to create effective online course videos in half the time. Uh, Because I find that through my podcast and and doing coaching and different things, people want to create effective courses. That's what it's all about. And that's that's what we're both passionate about, Chris, is effective training that changes lives and impacts people. Um, and so I know there's a big barrier to entry with video. People think it's too costly, too complicated. Uh, they don't want to get in front of the camera. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that keep people from creating videos. And so this three-part series really talks about how to create videos in half the time, some of the tools and resources I have. And then I also have uh, a contest I'm running with about $800 worth of um, prizes and discounts for people to build their website, their, their course, their videos, etc. So that's kind of a, a fun experiment I'm doing with, uh, with the course as well. And then I'm going to be launching a full blown out course uh, right after that um, early November uh, type of thing. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll talk about the, um, the different equipment, uh, piece of equipment you might need, whether you're on a, a small budget or large budget. So audio, video, lighting, uh, graphics, some of those different things, as well as how to truly and effectively teach with your course content. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. What, what are people doing uh, with video, um, perhaps incorrectly or under-optimized in terms of teaching through video? What are they doing or not doing? Yeah, so I think one of the struggles is trying to fit your entire life's knowledge into your course. <laughs> so, yeah. um, in fact, I have a client who, who does this, and every time I say, we need to cut it down, you know. So, the, the goal is not how much can I pack into this. It's more about what's the simplest way to convey this message and teach this without talking forever and ever and ever. Um, I had an entrepreneur one time tell me he would pay, you know, five times the amount for a specific course if it could be cut in half dramatically. He said, my time is worth more than money. And so, you know, if I can get in and get out and get what I need to, that's more important than the, the cost of the course. So I think finding that happy medium of content versus length is, is key. Uh, in fact, I saw a study that said... Um, uh, that said v- videos that are for, for e-learning and training um, have about a 12-minute limit for, for people to kind of st- stick with you. Um, you know, we all know that like promo videos and marketing videos should be under probably three minutes or so. But with training videos, you can go longer. But there's that 12-minute limit. So when possible, try to keep each lesson, module, video, whatever, under that 12 minutes. That's awesome. What about tools? Like if somebody's like first starting out, let's say it's an entrepreneur who's already successful, whether they're a speaker or um, let's just say they're a solo operator, but they already have, you know, a nice income. They're not struggling. What, but they're kind of new to the whole technology thing and they're going to have talking head videos. What do you recommend? Yeah, perfect. So I recommend to start with what you have. And most people have a decent smartphone um, that has good video. So why not start with using your iPhone or your smartphone? Just make sure to get a tripod that can hold a smartphone. You don't want to like, you know, hold your arm, have your arm out, you know, selfie mode, <laughs> recording <laughs> video for 12 minutes, of course. Um, uh, so that's one thing is make sure to have a good tripod. 
And then make sure to have good audio. So whether that's a, a lavalier mic, and you can find these on Amazon for 20 bucks or so, you know, you know, there are, there are ones that cost a lot more, but you can, you can do it for 20. Um, and so that way it sounds good. It's steady. And then the third thing you need is good lighting. So I recommend be near a window or be, you know, somewhere where there's not harsh shadows. You could even be outside as long as you're not, um, you know, half in the shade, half in the sun. So those are the things I would recommend. Start with a video camera you have, whether it's your smartphone or a webcam, get good, uh, a tripod and stabilization, get good audio, and then make sure it looks good with the lighting. If you have an iPhone, what's the best audio option? Like just to use like earbuds like this, if you're recording video or, or what? Yeah. So, um, Rode makes a really good, it's called the smart lav plus smart lav plus. If you pronounce it like that. Is it wireless uh, or corded? Uh, it is corded. Yeah. Uh, they do make some wireless ones. Uh, it's hard for me to recommend wireless because the wireless lav mic I have is, is almost a thousand dollars and I'm not going to recommend that for normal people. <laughs> right. uh, it's more on the high end. Uh, I mean, you can definitely, you can use your earbuds that come with it. Uh, it's just personally, I think it looks a little funny if you have your, you know, your earbuds as you're doing a course. I'd prefer to have less wires in it, but that might just be my perfectionism coming through. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, what other, I mean, what are some other low hanging fruit things you see for education entrepreneurs out there who either classic mistakes or just easy places to get started and really bring it up a notch? Yeah, I think a lot of it is, so, so here's a tip I would do. And, and I actually broke this rule recently. So I'll remember it next time is don't record your first video first. So let's say you have a 10 lesson course and each lesson is a video. Um, chances are if you're brand new to video or if you don't do it much, you're going to be learning on the fly and that's fine. And your first video is going to be your worst. All right, let's right. be honest. So, uh, you, you don't want to start off with your audiences and your students first impression being one of your worst videos. So you might just do a practice video and get it out of the way and just say, you know what, that first video, I'm just going to throw it in the trash. <laughs> you know, we're not going to even use it. So there's no pressure. Or you can start in the middle, let's say video five, and work all the way up to number 10, and then back starting from one up to five. Um, you know, so that's what I would recommend is, and most people don't think of that, they just think sequentially, hey, one through 10, start at one, end at 10, but start in the middle because your first video is gonna suffer and you'll have to re-record it. And like I said, I just went through that uh, recently myself uh, because I'm used to producing other people's videos, uh, not always in front of the camera as much as I'd like to be. Right, that's great. And I remember when I first uh, recorded the Lifter LMS demo course, like the very first video was like, why Lifter LMS? So I, really, I was like, I might as well wait till I'm warmed up and then I'll come back and do that really quick one at the, at the end after I've done everything else and really gotten in the rhythm. So that, yeah, makes, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. And I also want to just echo what you're saying. Uh, it's important to not be too hard on yourself and go ahead and launch either your first lesson or your first course, have it not be perfect and just know that the next time you come around, you're going to be better. Uh, yeah. A lot of people have to go through like, okay, that was my first course and either redo it again in a year or launch a different course. Uh, but you, the main thing is just to start. I've never seen anything like video where people struggle with perfectionism. Uh, and I know it brings up a lot. Uh, you have to kind of be on stage. Um, you know, you have your public speaking in a way. Uh, 
it just, it just brings up a lot of issues and I just see so much perfectionism around video. And if that's blocking you about being on stage, then maybe you should start with a, a screencast, you know, mm -hmm. kind of course or whatever, which is totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, with, and you're right. I, I think people are always critical of how they look and sound and act on camera. I, I mean, I am too, you know, I watch a video. I'm like, man, I sound like that. Like, are you kidding me? Um, but nobody else thinks that because, they just know you as you. And so, you know, you always are your worst critic with video. And the good thing is you don't have to be perfect. You know, I, I think with, when I work with uh, some of our corporate clients that we do sales videos and marketing videos, you know, yeah, we have to stick on message and stick true to brand and, and it has to be more scripted. But when you're teaching, it's more, you know, just let your expertise come through. So if you say some ums and ahs and if you stumble, it's not the end of the world. Um, and like you said, Chris, just get that course up there. And, and thankfully, Lifter LMS makes it easy to get a course up and to swap out components of it. You know, so maybe you do a phase two or a, uh, a version two and you can easily swap in and out, you know, the new material. So it's, it's really a no brainer. I think people overcomplicate it thinking, oh, once this course is made, it's set in stone for all eternity and it's not. Yeah, it's it's never perfect. Uh, even right now during this call, I can hear my neighbor who's outside that window just started up the leaf blower. But I, I'm pretty sure it's not coming in through my mic. But you know, whether it's dogs barking, somebody interrupting, somebody saying ums and ahs, like there's always going to be something. And yeah. you know, if your course is really financially successful, then you can hire somebody to come through post production and cut out all the ums and ahs and make you sound more articulate if you really want to. But yeah. It's not a reason not to start and, and just get going in the first place. Yeah. Well, here's another tip because most of us make a lot of mistakes on video or screencasts or whatever. So if it is you on video, and, and I have to do this a lot, trust me, um, is I hide my mistakes with creative editing. So let's say I talk for one minute and in the middle of it for 15 seconds, I start talking about something and I just mess up. Um, I can cut that part out and either put a transition, I can put an image over top of it or uh, extra footage or a graph or a chart, anything to kind of cover that up. And you see this a lot with uh, kind of like the news. And I don't really watch the local news just because it's always depressing. But, you know, they show the, the, the anchor there on camera and he's, he or she is talking and then they cut to footage of what they're talking about. So you don't know if that camera, per, or excuse me, if that anchor person is talking straight through or if they've cut up some of the um, interviews and different things. So that's an easy way to cut out your mistakes without your audience knowing about it. Yeah, yeah. Editing, you know, if you're using something like ScreenFlow or iMovie, mm -hmm. you can do a lot um, yeah. just, just right after the fact. And even sometimes, I've done it before where we'll clap in the middle of a show and, and that's just me putting a spike in the audio graph so I'm like, yep, yeah, right around there, I need to cut something else, something out. But I know pretty much I don't need to touch everything else. So it's just a way for me to speed up the editing process. Uh, oh, yeah, go to that spike, look for what I wanted to edit there, and then keep going. You know? I love it. And that's, I'm so glad you brought that up. That's like a power user tip. So congrats, <laughs> you're a power user. Well, it really is, you know. Yeah. Um, so let's say you do a, a promo video or something where you re record the same phrase over and over or whatever. Um, like what you just said, Chris, I either snap or clap my hands for a good take. So I know, hey, I just look at the timelines for my claps or snaps and I 
cut that and keep it and I pitch all the rest. Um, that way you don't have to watch through every take and retake and all that because it gets, it's pretty monotonous and time consuming. Yeah. And that comes from the movie industry. I think you have one on the wall behind you, but that thing that yeah. people do where they goes like clack, we've all seen it. That's, that's one of the reasons they do that. It's just like yeah. a visual representation of a, a transition or whatever. Exactly. Cool. Well, Jeff, this has been great. Um, can you tell us where to find out more about you and, and tell us again about your upcoming course and, and, and what, where people can go to find out more? Yeah, you can uh, find out more about that course at easyvideoforcourses.com. And uh, if, if the video series is still going, you can sign up for that. If not, you can just get on the wait list. I'll, I'll probably uh, push it out um, six months from now just because I want to make sure I can uh, properly equip and handle the students that are coming in. Um, so easy video for courses is probably the best way to, uh, to learn more about that. And your podcast? My podcast is onlinecoursecoach.com. So we uh, interview different people in different industries, as well as I have uh, quite a few solo shows talking about, just like what we talked about here today, uh, video tips, as well as different marketing strategies and how to build courses and fun things like that. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Jeff, and we'll have to definitely do this again sometime. Yeah. Thank you so much, Chris.